Amen. Amen. This Vision Sunday, we will yet again be talking about strengthening the church. You may be seated. Strengthening uh, the church. Uh, every year, once a year, we do what's called Vision Sunday. Uh, Vision Sunday is uh, important because it gives uh, our church a time to pause. And although we won't be as expositionally going through a particular text as we normally would, we will be in God's word, but we will be, we want to reframe and get clarity on where we are in our 50-year vision of what God has given us to do uh, here. Uh, after 50 years, whoever's here, unless Jesus come back, they have to expand for the next, the 50 years after that. But um, we, we've, we've been praying about and have agreed upon as a church what our 50-year vision is based on God's word. When I say vision, somebody say vision. When I say vision, I'm, I'm not talking about a man-made dream. I'm talking about a, a vision that's birthed out of biblical principles of God's ultimate aims for the church. And so what we are to do based on this word, the Bible says in Habakkuk, uh, write the vision down and make it plain. Uh, and uh, in Proverbs, it says, uh, people without vision are unrestrained. In other words, when, you don't, when you're not clear on what God's word says and what it looks like in your life, there's no telling what you'll do. And so if you find any blind spot in your life that is not informed by God's word, you are unrestrained in your ability to have clarity and commitment to God in whatever area of your life it is. And so here in the local community of the church, um, we are called to have clarity on what God wants us, wants us to do and how he wants us uh, to, to move forward in relation to uh, his might and his power and his strength. Just by way of reminder, our motto is what? Okay, start over again. Boom. Y'all know this interactive on this Sunday. So, boom. One, two, three. Amen. 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 Showing off the glory of Christ in every area of life. Say Christocentrism. Commitment. Community. Conversions. And culturally relevant ministry. When we talk about Christ-centeredness or Christocentrism, it means because Jesus has created everything with a purpose, we must submit all of our lives to be rigged around and motivated by his desired ends. When the Bible says all things were made for him, it's talking about with a purpose. So Christ is the creator God. Christ, the Lord of all things, created all things. And in being not only the creator of all things, but the means by which all things were created, he has purpose for it. And so uh, from there we go to commitment. Somebody say commitment. Commitment, commitment. In, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, and they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Uh, this idea of being devoted wasn't just listening, but it was also belief and practice of God's word to the service of a, a local church uh, to making disciples, to making disciples when we talk about commitment. Community, community is taking the initiative to build uh, healthy gospel relationships accountability, and the mutual building up of one another to God's glory, uh, community. Uh, next is conversions. Conversions is being a witness of Jesus Christ in our everyday lives through both life and lips and intentionally looking for opportunities to share the goodness of Jesus Christ with others. That, 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 that's conversions. And 
culturally relevant ministry? Is it being cool? It's not about some type of light show or some type of way to, even though I believe in all of the forms of learning, I have an education, a quasi-biblical education background in the sense of education itself. So I understand uh, all of the means of learning. However, we're not gimmicky when we use the word relevant. Biblically relevant is talking about Christ's fulfillment of the law. Christ taught, in fulfilling the law is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is the like, to love your neighbor as yourself. That's what relevance means. So when we say culturally relevant ministry, we're talking about love God, loving God and people through administering the whole gospel to the holistic pressing needs of our city and world. And so when we talk about that idea, that means that we believe that God cares about the economy, economics of your life and the world. He cares about engaging uh, politics on a level. And when I say I'm not talking about being political and all that sort of stuff, but but government was created by God. And so since it was created by God, it's a part of his kingdom. Now, it don't always function as a kingdom agency. But it is because God's kingdom is his comprehensive rule over everything. He cares about health. He cares about uh, your mind. He cares about your education. He, God cares about everything. Culturally relevant ministry wants to press the envelope of helping us to see how the gospel comes and is formed in every single area of our lives. And to show and utilize that as a means and a platform to develop common ground with lost people to be able to share the gospel with them. And so um, when we talk about disciples, we, we mean a disciple is a, 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 of Jesus is one who has renounced. Somebody yell renounced. renounced. Yeah, we don't like words like that. Uh, renounced himself or herself and pledged their life to being in a lifelong apprenticeship to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what a disciple is, lifelong. It's, it, it's a lifelong apprenticeship to the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is something you don't necessarily in this life graduate from. Only death takes you to it, but you'll still be learning from him forever. Uh, but, 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 but we are, uh, are supposed to take up our crosses daily. In taking up our crosses daily, we are to experience the splinters of the cross on our back as we drag the glory of God through the cross where we live and dwell to show Christ off as we bear what it means to represent him where we live and dwell. You should have said amen right there. It's okay. Um, so we look at this and we see in this passage several things. I want to zoom lens, not on everything in it, but a particular thing, church strengthening. Paul uh, preached the gospel in Acts chapter 14 for the first time, verses 19 through um, uh, 20, about 25. They preached the gospel in that city. When they preached the gospel, they made many disciples. That means they walked with people from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity after they were converted from spiritual death to spiritual life. When that happened, what they began to do is they began to appoint leadership in the church and they let it be. But it's interesting, before that it said Paul was stoned and left for dead. And then the next day he woke up from being stoned and got back up and went back into the city to preach the gospel. Now, see, y'all, don't even, y'all looking at me like weird because we ain't relate to that. But that was a world star moment in our world. You know, most of us would have been taking a picture of him, talking about, trying, you know, trying to hashtag the joint. World star when he got hit with the... John, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. It's okay. And, um, and, and, but but, but it, it, it was what we would have called, in our word, a world star moment. But in this, in this, in here, it's called a gospel moment, where you see the tenacity and commitment that Paul had to proclaiming God's gospel. Um, uh, just, just for free, it, it's interesting that this apostle got beat up, but our apostles today, they some different type of people. 
You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to spend no time on that. But it's just interesting that they were preoccupied with gospel preaching, planting churches. But dudes today, you know, got $22.8 million cribs and Bentleys and breaking Mercedes up to extend them in order. But that's a whole nother sermon that we could talk about another day when we talk about false teachers. But I don't know y'all don't want to hear about that because y'all don't want to hear the whole word of God preach. But anyway, I'm going to get back to the vision presentation because we're supposed to focus on strengthening the churches. So when we come here and we look in this passage, when we come in here and we look in this passage, we see an apostle that dedicated his life to Christ being formed in people. And so, and so when we look at this, he goes in Acts chapter 16, he gets the Iconium, he goes back, him and Barnabas had a split, they was going to strengthen the churches, uh, they had a split, Paul took Silas, uh, went down uh, to Iconium, Lystra, and Derby. And eventually Antioch, and he goes down and he, he begins talking and strengthening the church. Somebody say strengthen the churches. And he met young Timothy as a guy that God had poured into him uh, as a spiritual single parent home. Uh, a spiritual single parent home. His dad was there, but he wasn't a spiritual man because the text doesn't say his dad taught him anything about the word. That's parenthetically. Um, and we see that his mama and his grandmama, sound familiar, were the only ones that were pouring the word of God into his life. And it was so robust that when Paul got there, that his mama and his grandmama, in the midst of the absence spiritually of his father, had made such a great disciple of him that by the time that Paul got to him, Paul wanted to cop him and take him on a strengthening mission with him to strengthen the churches because all of the work of two women, even in the midst of the absence of a man that was willing to commit themselves to pouring into their children, even when spiritual leadership was absent. That was for free. Now we go down. Now we go down and we begin to see now that Paul is going to strengthen the churches. What does it mean to strengthen the church? Strengthen the church means to be firmed, to become more marked by resolution. What does that mean? When you're marked by resolution, it means you make solid decisions. Help me today. Um, and when you make solid decisions, it means that practically in some of our lives, what that means is we don't make decisions based on vocation, but on our spiritual depth in Jesus. Many of our lives, many of us don't feel like we find our purpose until we find out what we're supposed to do vocationally. And you find your purpose connected to what I do versus who I am. Now, being strengthened in the gospel has to do with who I am. I can't tell you how many of you beautiful young adults I talk to. I love each and every one of you, and you guys have great dreams. Some of you are charismatically ambidextrous. And what do I mean by that is you have more gifts than, than I mean, I, I wish I had some of y'all. Some of y'all can do art. Some of y'all can, some of y'all can uh, 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 do techn technology. Some of y'all can do psychosis and psychosis ministry and carrying on, counsel. Y'all got all different types of things. And you're still at 35 years old trying to figure out what you're about to do. And so what happened is, is a lot of you wrestle with identity because you don't feel like you have your career yet, even though you have the Christ already. And so, and, so, and so don't let your career determine your direction. You need to let the content of the gospel determine your direction. Now, am I discouraging you from dreaming? No. Am I discouraging you from being on your grind? No. Am I discouraging you from being on your boss ministry? No. All I'm doing, though, is I'm encouraging you to find your identity and not what you do, but what's been done for you. And so when you look at Paul strengthening the church, he's circling back around to help the church to become, like, stable. Yes. 
Like you can't be every time something happening, every time a neighbor place looks sexy, you want to move there. That's not stability. You know what I'm saying? You can't always move just because of a dream. Sometimes you have to make moves based on what's going to make you the most spiritually stable. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, want to go, I want to go to California. I want to do this. And they're like, well, which, where are you going to go to church? I don't know. I'm just going. Where, who, who's going to be? I don't know. I'm just going. And I'm not saying God doesn't send people places. But what I'm saying is, is I, 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 under all of the beautiful dreams and beautiful desires and beautiful commitment, we want to see some resolution, some spiritual health, some, some, some eteros didascaline, some great soundness of soul where the health of biblical truth is nurturing itself in your soul so that you can be a beast. That's why the Bible says, oh God, help me. In Psalm 119, David says, your word has made me wiser than my teachers. Why? Because he was a young buck, but he was laced with truth. And so even though his natural maturity was low, his spiritual maturity was high. And so, and so when you grow in relation to being strengthened, that's why Paul wanted to go there because he wanted firm believers. Right. Firm believers look like when hell breaks loose, you don't abandon the faith. Right. It looks like when relationships get tough, you don't run. Right. Stability. When your job is not what you like anymore, wow. you don't think of quitting because you don't like it. Yeah. Are you hearing me? And so, and so, and, and in other words, when your marriage gets tough, because I don't, I, I'm looking at myself, I don't see how I feel about, listen, feelings, repeat after me, feelings, feelings. follow, follow. Faith. faith. Repeat this, faith, faith. Doesn't, doesn't follow, follow. feelings. Yeah. And see, so you, when, you, when you're getting more stable in your faith, you make decisions that aren't popular, but they create a stability that makes your commitment to Jesus last longer. Yes, yes. That, that's extremely important. So when we're talking about being strength, being firm, that means, that means when, when every, that's why the Bible says in Ephesians 4, um, not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. It means because you're rooted in Christ, there's not a lot of confusion and running over here and running over there, but there's some settledness. Even though your flesh may want to move, your soul stands still. That's how you know you're growing spiritually, that your flesh is telling you to do everything it wants to do to move in that particular direction. But in your soul, you see, like, like, it's funny when, when my, 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 my two youngest children, they do this now. Now, that's, that's the thing. Like, you want this? You know, they got that thing. That's what your soul needs to do sometimes with some stuff. When somebody's trying to holler at you that you shouldn't be hollering at you, you should. Even your flesh may be going like this. Your flesh may be going like that. You know, but your, but your, but your soul like this. You know what I'm saying? And so that's how you know you're growing, that you don't just go on your first inclination, but you go on based on standing in the Lord Jesus Christ. I wish I had some help at this part. Uh, but, but, but anyway, and so, and so what we want, what we're looking to do is, 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 as a church is we want soul strengthening. Somebody say soul strengthening. And so this is extremely important for us, and, and I'm speaking for myself and my family as well. So what is the application of this as a church-wide? We talked individually about our souls, your souls, how do we do this church-wide? So in this season of multiplication and growth, we want to do several things. In planting churches, sending multiple people out. Uh, seeing people meet the Lord and being baptized. We've seen 65, but now it's almost 70. It's about 69 people signed up for membership. Our outreach engaged 
uh, hundreds of people, um, and, and they're growing Sunday morning attendance. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, in light of all of that, uh, again, I'm restating this from last year. Uh, if you remember, in light of all of this, we need strengthening as a church. And so we are being for others what it's been for us. So churches have invested in us, given us money, given resources, and come alongside of us and have done the great things, and we're thankful for that. But now Epiphany Fellowship is a mother church. And so now we're being for others what's been done for us. Okay? And so now in planting these churches and starting these churches, we have to be under Paul and bond, how Paul uh, uh, did in this passage. Uh, uh, we, we, I mean, we've given a lot to global missions. We talked about that. We've given a lot to church planting. Y'all have seen that. Last year, we've seen a lot of people come to Jesus. A lot of people came cover the community members. A lot of people got baptized. You know what I'm saying? We sent out three churches. Those great things. Uh, Malawi, planting 11 churches there. A lot of things going on. And that's, that's good. Uh, we, we also celebrate our foreign missions, expanded residency program. These are things that God did. Uh, basketball league has grown. Uh, median uh, growth in age. You know what I'm saying? I remember a few of y'all was here. You know what I'm saying? It was, it, you know, I, I can't even, I bet you I can name the season saints that was here. It was probably Miss Christie, the Mobleys, the Smiths, and, 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 and uh, uh, at first, then the Hill House game. We only had, a, but I, I don't, I'm going to call y'all senior saints because, you know, y'all, but, because uh, I don't want y'all to be mad at me. But it was a few more, it was a few people here that had salt and pepper, and they stuck in there. They stuck in there. And white, salt, pepper, and white hair, you know. And, and stuck in there, hung in there, and I know it was difficult to be there, and we appreciate that. But then you started inviting your friends. Now we got some cross-generational ministry going on. As a matter of fact, I was talking to someone yesterday, and they were just talking about their life group and how cross-generational it is and how it was blessing them. And so those are things that we're just celebrating the Lord doing. Amen? Y'all should have clapped right there. It's all right. Um, and so God has nurtured a deeper sense of growth in many of you, the hunger I see in so many of you guys. This church is hungrier than I think it's ever been. And when I, I can't tell you how it makes me feel when I'm standing at the door and you guys are trying to get my notes. Like you almost bite my arm off. I had to get it reattached a few weeks ago, you know, because you're so hungry for God's word. And that encourages me as a shepherd. What, what was that passage, Pastor? What would you do? Give me that point one more. I love that. And that, that's a blessing. And we, this, that's something to celebrate. Uh, people are committing themselves to growth. We've had more people commit themselves to covenant community membership than we ever have, which is important. It's not about counting numbers. However, it's about the numbers of people that are here. What does it look like for them functionally getting rooted in the gospel? And we are excited about those things. Absolutely excited. Um, again, we're sending out three churches this year. Uh, and so, so we, you know, sending leaders out to plant what we celebrated last year, rather. And so what are we doing now? Strengthening. Somebody say strengthening again. So what we're looking at is we want comprehensive kingdom investment, CKI, comprehensive kingdom investment. What we found is that in the last few years, probably the last three years mainly, um, we have done a lot with outward pushing. So now we don't, we don't want to stop doing ministry that goes outward or, or missiologically engages lost people and connects people to truth, but we want to make sure that we're strengthening you through inward ministry, Okay. And so we're doing some things to, to help with that, things that need to be strengthening. So when I say these things that need to be strengthening, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It just means that we need to firm up some of these things to help the church to be strengthened since we've been planted. We'll be 10 years old this year, and so <clears throat> we need to be strengthened. So in light of how hard we have worked as a church um, on missions and church planting, we are taking a 12 to 18-month break from church planting. So what we're going to do is once we plant these three churches that's going out, Baltimore, uh, Wilmington, Delaware, and um, Southwest Philly, those, those are the last churches for about 
I'm probably going to push it more to 18 months. Um, I mean, I mean, we just got pregnant with triplets twice, but you know, we're basically trying to. We need to close the door on doing that for now, um, and really strengthen the church, um, Epiphany Fellowship itself. Uh, because we've sent out these churches. I think that doesn't mean we're not going to church plant. I see some of y'all face. Don't get scared. We're going to plant churches still. But it's important that we have a quality of soul as a church um, so that we're able to just be who God wants us to be. And so we're going to take a break from this for a while and take some time. We, that, that, but that doesn't mean we won't be involved with those churches. It's just being sent out from here. We'll, we'll take it a break from it. <coughs> so we will support, though, Serve and strengthen the churches that we've planted. <clears throat> because if you plant more and more churches you start, you have to take care of them. You know? Amen. You know what I'm saying? If there's, no, there's no adoption program out there for church planting. And you know there's, there's, you know, there's no foster care. You got to go and help these churches. So we want to be able to, you know, um, um, uh, do what we need to do to close down that and then engage them and serve them and strengthen those churches so that they can be uh, what um, God wanted us to be. The thing about Epiphany Fellowship is that people always assumed we were okay, so we didn't really have our mother churches sort of come around and try to strengthen us beyond just giving us money because they're like, oh, y'all are all right. We need to work with the other ones, but I know what that's like. And so in light of, it was a lot of things I wish we had in the beginning that we're just getting going now because we're getting strengthened because of the type of people God has brought here. And so, which is you guys. And so that, that's what we want to do. Are y'all still trekking with me today? Yeah. All right. And so <clears throat> next thing. So note, uh, again, the things that I'm talking about need strengthening doesn't mean these things don't exist. It just means we want to strengthen and bring them into existence based on strengthening gospel ministry applicationally. <laughs> so uh, congregation only loving people as a church. So what do I mean by that? That doesn't mean people aren't loving each other. I hear about people spending great time, hanging out 50 all over somebody's apartment, y'all hanging out and having a good time and building relationships. I love that. I love that uh, uh, about millennial generation. Y'all get it in relationally. I love that. And so we want to continue that uh, as, as, as we move forward. In, 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 our, in our clearer discipleship paths, in manhood, womanhood, life groups, marriage development, and ministry training. And so what we want to begin to do is strengthen all of our discipleship pathways to make sure we come around our leadership team uh, for SALT. We come around our leadership team uh, for a humanity, that we come around um, our, our life groups. Um, if, even though, to be honest, life groups is the core part of all of our discipleship making. So the other ones get help, but the main one that we put our most steam into is our life groups because that's the way the entire church connects with one another. Okay? And so, and so, and so our ministry training, because we got to train more leaders. Connecting our youth to more youth mentors. We need some help with that. We have a lot of youth that's coming up, but Pastor Kurt needs a lot of help with people mentoring youth. Um, beautifying our facility. This place needs some love. You know? Needs some love. Y'all said amen. Um, it needs some love. And so that means we are going to be specifically now asking for resources for Epiphany to be able to beautify the facility. Uh, we got squirrels living in the first floor, so we got to change that. I went in the first floor to pray. And, um, and, and man, man, I'm just telling y'all, man, I, I almost needed to go to the hospital. Um, that, and I hate, them, I hate squirrels, too, by the way. Got a BB gun for him, so I'm sorry. But he jumped out and grabbed the joint and went up. Man, I about jumped out the window. So I'm saying that to say we want to get the first floor done. I know I'd be going off on tangents. Love on me. Um, 
and, and so what I want us to do is build up the first floor so we can use that as our new meeting space. And we can turn this into other space to be used for kingdom ministry because we're full on the top floor. Um, we're at, we've been at capacity in the things we do in the basement, except for a few things. But we want to make sure that we're expanding our ability uh, to use space. And we're going to be scouting out land so that we can not get priced out of the neighborhood so that when we want to build a gym, because it's getting crazy economically around here from land. I remember you could buy a lot around here for 3000 Now you can buy it for 150000 And so um, that's a lot. We ain't talking about like an acre. You know, in Houston, 150, Blake Wilson, they make me mad. They can buy like 150, you know how many acres that is? Up here, an acre is like, man, good, I don't even think we got an acre in Philly. Anyway, <laughs> I don't think we got one. Um, so we want to beautify the facility. So that means we're going to be asking for resources. That means we're going to be asking you for money and we're going to ask you for pledges. And so, uh, so I want you already <laughs> to get out of your mind uh, me lacing my pockets. Because if you've been here for a while, y'all know we ain't never done that. So, so, so we, I'm going to be free to ask for money because Jesus Christ talked about it a lot. And, and I want to be free to talk about money so that we can utilize those resources for what needs to be done here uh, so that this church can be strengthened in the way that it needs to be strengthened so that we can do all that God is calling us to do. <laughs> so we, we're doing economic strengthening. We're starting our bandwidth program because we have this opportunity with our computer lab. I'll be laying that out more later, but I'm just giving you just an overview of what's going on, things that need to be strengthened here, all right? Um, those are, we'll, we'll talk about that at another time. I don't want to go through all of that. So we're going to have to start more life groups. It, um, the average attendance here, I mean, for the most part, the, the swelling attendance, I think one Sunday we had last year, everybody, 600 people here on a Sunday, um, I think including kids or not including kids. The challenge, though, is um, if everybody that comes here that kind of dates Epiphany plus membership when they finally come, um, what happens is it will probably have 800 people. And we ain't got room for 800 people right now at all. Like in here, we're at like right now we're to capacity in here right now. It's pretty much almost not a seat left. And so with that in mind, um, we have to go through a third gathering, which we're looking at 8 o'clock. Y'all voted on it. We didn't. You know what I'm saying? But I know none of y'all going to the 8 o'clock gathering because it's a 12 o'clock gathering. You know what I'm saying? Um, y'all not coming. Y'all just woke up at 11. So that's, you know, y'all not coming to the 8 o'clock gathering. But that's going to be the gathering that we add. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, some of y'all was voting. I want 1 o'clock. Another hour sleep shoot. So, um, so, but we would have had to change all the gatherings and we didn't want to change too much. Y'all still tracking with me, right? All right, all right, all right. Um, also, create and execute a fully viable and impactful marriage ministry beyond premarital. And so that's been a very, very strong missing piece from Epiphany for quite some time. And so one of the things we want to do beyond premarital is develop a marital ministry, which Pastor Larry is already laying out, working on, and we're trying to resource him to make sure that he has all that's needed to do that. So we, we want to get that going and strengthen our marriages and help the marriages to uh, be uh, as great as they need to be. Also, strengthening our prayer efforts March through October. <clears throat> and so what, this is what I want to do. I'm going to ask you guys this. Between March and October, can we average 50 people on the prayer walk? I'm just asking. Men and women cross-ethnically. Men and women cross ethnically. I want us to boost our prayer quotient. So that means after the second gathering on every first Sunday from March through October, we're going to hit the block together, led by our men's and women's ministry. Okay? They're going to lead our efforts. 
and some of our life group leaders. We're going to lead the effort of us going throughout the neighborhood. Some of us that go here, again, remember, we're multi-ethnic church. Many of you come from all different walks of life and all different parts of the region. But I told you, if we're multi-ethnic without impacting this neighborhood, we failed. So we have to, the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. And the way you destroy fortresses is through prayer. And so we want to get out on the block. You put on some nice, comfortable shoes, uh, you know, get your little, you know, stuff cute to go. You know, I know we got to look cute, powder up, whatever you got to do. Uh, get your shape up, fellas, and let's hit the block. And let's go. And we're going to have an evangelism training, and you're going to share the gospel with some people. You're going to open up your mouth and share the gospel. Now, I'm not wired that way. That's not in the Bible. Okay, it's not in the Bible that you're not wired to share the gospel. But my, my personality, the, every prophet made an excuse. I can't talk. I'm too young. I'm the least in my tribe. That ain't new. That ain't nothing new. And God asked him to speak to nations. He just asked you to speak to one person. <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so now we need to, we're we going to get up on this block. And if you can't answer a question, say, I don't know, but I'll figure it out with the team. We'll come back and engage you with it. But you don't got to know everything. Don't get in an argument. Don't get in a fist fight. Don't get in a curse off. Just be godly. <laughs> Amen. And so we want to get out there. Uh, that, that means cross-ethnically. It can't just be black people. White folk, you don't need to be scared to talk to somebody black from the neighborhood. Listen, listen, listen. We, we want, listen, God, can, God is sovereign. And he can, the gospel has the power. Not your skin color. So we're going to go out there and learn how to relevantly share the gospel with lost people. And no matter whether they got weed on their breath and they up in your grill, share that good news with them. If they popping gun and cuffing out their kids, you talk to them about the gospel. If it's a college student acting a fool on the block, you share the gospel with them. I don't care who it is, cross ethnic, Haitian, Asian, uh, 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 Antarctic, Greenland, and uh, 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 whatever it's out there, you should be, we're going to share the gospel with everything that's moving. And so, but, but this is the problem. The prayer walks always start robust and end with two people. Okay, so what I want us to do is to value prayer yes. as a church. That means, that means that all of us get together. Now, mama, you got your baby? Listen, put the stroller. We'll get the stroller. We just got a double stroller. Hallelujah. That thing heavy than a mug, but we push it. You know what I'm saying? And, you, and you, you fix the bottles, fix extra bottles. I'm being real practical right now. Fix some extra diapers, you know what I'm saying? Um, and we'll, and when, when, you, when it's time to change the diaper, a few of us will hover around so it can be warm, and you clack out and do a boom, put them down, bottle in, let's start pushing and sharing the gospel again. Okay? And so we're going to have a great time. If you don't know how to share the gospel, on the first prayer walk, you can be quiet and listen and learn. On the next one, you need to be sharing Jesus with somebody. Because you don't need six months of training to tell somebody about Jesus. Ask the woman by the well. Come see a man. <laughs> so, 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 so that's, that's what we, we got to do. We, we've, lo- we, we, we've, got, we've lost evangelistic fervor as, as the body of Christ. And we think, well, I got to do this, and I got I to do this and that, and I got to create an environment to share the gospel. Now, that's sometimes we have common ground, but I want us to push at that. That's how this church needs to be strengthened. You guys, are, we are great at relationship, but we've weaned in evangelism. We're great at building relationships, getting with one another, but now how do you invite people into community like that by sharing the gospel with them? I got to move. I got to move. Uh, developing a more robust servant base. Employ your gifts to serve one another. 
And so that, that, that's another thing that we need in strengthening. And this is not a whole lot of stuff. Y'all ain't been here in the past past years, some of y'all. This is a little bit. Okay, this is a little bit of stuff, right? <clears throat> Infrastructure to all of our ministries. And so what we need to do, and Ms. Pam and, and, and the team, different ones there, and Pastor Nyron are helping build all our infrastructures. Because we're in that season where we really need infrastructure built out. If you have the ability to think through development, we need you. We need you to think through that in different areas of ministry. But then finally, dispatching you to be evangelists in your spheres of influence as a congregation. That means not just the prayer walk, but as a lifestyle for you all. As a lifestyle for you all where you use your normal walk of life to engage lost people with the good news of Jesus Christ. You don't, I'm not telling you to share, share the gospel with Tim, but can you imagine a line going out that door right there, baptism going on, and you're in there with your neighbor, with your cousin, with your mother, your dad, your family member, and you baptize them, man or woman. And you're baptizing, the, and their life is changed because you decided by the power of the Spirit that you're going to open your mouth and the Lord takes them from spiritual death to spiritual life. So when we talk about strengthening the church, we're talking about strengthening it through biblically healthy means to help us to be a robust church so that we can be all that God wants us to be so the identity is more deeply rooted in Christ. Are y'all with this? Yes. Are y'all with this? Yes. All right, let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you. We honor